All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 77 of the Rink Shrinks. It's our best of episode. What do you say? You ready to roll? Let's go. Mots, uh, best of episode, but we would, you know, we were lucky. It's a holiday week here, and uh, we will, you know, do a little recap with our Fourth of July and all that good stuff. There's some vacations going on, uh, golf tournaments, different things like that, and also, uh, well, uh, we got some great stories, great, great, you know, different uh, interviews that we've gone through in the past year. So, uh, looking forward to everybody catching up on those. Yeah, no, it's been great. Fourth of July, great weather. Um, it was part of a parade in the town wow. of Duxbury. Yeah, they do a nice job there. It's, uh, you know, just celebrating America and everyone comes out, lines the streets. Um, my in-laws, uh, have a 48 GMC pickup truck. Rec body I saw uh, a picture. Sick. Yeah. It's a replica of my, uh, my, my wife's grandfather starting the company. That's the truck that he used. And the kids get in the back, throw candy. And then, uh, my brother-in-law Wilkie and I just kind of shoot our guns and wave to people, and it's it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of people along the way, and uh, the kids have a ball throwing throwing like fastballs at people right along the uh, the, the parade road. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. That's on the fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I was out on the water on the third. Uh, yeah, I saw your Mozza's moments. Yeah. yeah, like I said, kind of a land guy, but it was beautiful to be out there. My daughter Rowan is uh she runs a tight ship, you know. She's like, Hey, hold on to your there's you know, she's just gassing it up going like sixty miles an hour. So um I had a great time out there with uh Courtney and her and met up some people and just proud to uh know that she's independent and responsible enough to, to handle a a piece of machinery out on the water. So I'm like, I'll go with you anytime, Ro. I was going to say, I, I like that they trust your, what, 14, 15-year-old daughter more than you to drive a boat. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's the way it should be, though. Jeez. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Must have been a blast. I've been down here in Marshfield at my uh, my parents' cottage, which has been the family now for, God, well over 60 years, I think. And uh, we have a blast down here. The 3rd of July is uh, is the day down here. And it was absolutely bumping. The beach was packed. ton of family. We were down at my uncle's, which is about a, a mile away, half a mile away, I should say. And uh, great cookout, great time on the beach. The kids have uh, out on one of those like lily pad things. A bunch of wiffle ball, a bunch of uh, spike ball, different tournaments and things like that. So it's been a uh, a lot of fun soaking it up. And I, I was fortunate enough to be on vacation this week from my real job, which is nice. That's great. Yeah, and speaking of all those backyard uh little games franklin square oh yeah you had a challenge didn't you yeah yeah uh so it's like a a quad four ball volleyball that i i set up it was like you know kind of painful because i you know had a lot to do like during that day and then next thing you know i'm I'm out there putting this in together but it's great uh anyway we uh we need to have the yandles uh billy ryan came over it was he accepts the challenge so i'm gonna keep it up until that happens Um, all right but yeah, the, the kids had a good time with it, and thank you to Franklin Sports for providing uh, some good backyard entertainment. Well, we should be at a clear advantage because Billy's, I think, oldest kid's what six or seven, and <laughs> yeah. he's just coming off ankle surgery, and his wife's right. pregnant. So we'll definitely. Hey, I, I like our odds. 
and there's no handicap situations here. Like you just gotta play what you got. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a soon to be Dang. seventeen year old just spiking at at Billy's kids. And... <laughs> Looking uh, like Gaylord Gaylord Fokker, just you got a spike toss. Yeah, it's just a game Fokker. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. The uh, the fireworks down here on the third were unbelievable. How did they do big fireworks on the fourth over there? So yeah, my father in law and another neighbor uh, had a little private thing, uh, like oh. unbelievable. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, they're just going off right over your head, and then. You can see across to uh, Plymouth, so we got mm-hmm. quite a few uh, firework viewings uh, on the fourth. It was really nice. So the, the weather was great. A lot of people around. I so conveniently didn't answer your phone call to go over on the fourth because it was just we were we were part committed, and yeah, you, you know, yeah. once you're here, you lay your boots and you you start having a couple beverages. It's probably the, not the best decision to be driving around. So. It was. Uh, I saw the number come in. I'm like, oh boy, I'm that's like, a gas pedal. Yeah, this this is <laughs> this is full blown. This is Game Seven, Stanley Cup Final here, and we. Uh, I can't be uh, taking those chances. You know what I mean? And I don't think Uber's a to. You know, Fourth of July, they'd be pretty busy. So, we made the the, the decision just to uh, hang tight here. But it was it was like I said, ton of fun. Uh, just been hanging out and hitting the beach, and I've had to go back and forth a little bit. The kids are in some baseball. Liam's uh, my my youngest is his team. Uh, I was in the districts. They ended up winning it last night. They beat South Boston four to one in the ten U, uh, you know, whatever that district is. And uh, so that was that was always fun. They had a blast, and I got to go back up later this evening, calling my twelve year old involved in the same type of thing. So it's nice part about um, being down in Marsh Vegas. It's not too far away. You can kind of bounce back and forth, you know. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's baseball season, so it's nice to hear the boys are doing well and wish them the best of luck. Yeah, now we're uh, we're enjoying it, keeping it busy. Actually, ten U game Liam's team last night was wrapped up in like an hour and ten minutes, which had that's to have been a record because they usually, it's uh, I, I got to give the the big shout out to whoever was uh, umping the game because it was uh, it was, but you know what good pitching let the fielders make the plays they made the plays you know some strikeouts there wasn't many very you know minimal errors maybe one or two on each side and kids put the bats on the ball and and it was it was like actual good enjoyable baseball so it was pretty fun that's so much better than having a a bunch of snow snowball fights out there overthrowing first base and you know just chucking it around carelessly so when it's good clean ball it's good that's that's when uh that's to be a little bit more enjoyable um but that's uh that's good for them to to move on past southeast especially right exactly exactly we uh i got a big uh big match up this week and i'm in a three-day member guest down at plymouth country club with our boy bunzo brennan burns so that starts up thursday morning we got 27 thursday uh 18 friday 18 saturday all nine home matches uh i was looking at our grouping a bunch of guys we played against last year paul myra um who we're gonna have to get him on we're, we're playing him and i think it's our fourth or fifth match so he'll be pretty gassed up as will we be so have a lot of fun with him i'll try to get a uh whatever rossi's recap or something with uh there with, we with go Mara. get him in the <laughs> get him in the mix i can't do the Mott's moment but maybe a, a yeah the rossi uh, recap is perfect rossi recap of our match with uh 
Paul Meyer, who is obviously a you know great player and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I know. We can't wait to get him on. He's been in the queue for a bit here, so he's doing a lot uh, with the Boston Pride, doing win championships, and had a great uh, long NHL career. And we're actually roommates in World Juniors too, so we'll have some some stuff to talk about. Yeah, so you'll have some good stories. God, we know what those were like. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll, uh, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. After we play him in the match, I'm going to tell him before, hey, we're going right to the uh, to the internet here. We'll get a Rossi's recap, and uh, we'll see. We'll So everybody stand by for the results of that one, see how we're doing. But it's a, they, they, they do a really good job down there at uh, the Plymouth Country Club. It's the tournament's called the Travis, and uh, – it's a uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, but we had some hockey news. We'll touch on quickly. Uh, former guest of the show, episode ten. Uh, if you want to go back and give a listen, but Mike Greer, uh, who's you know I talk about quite a bit, and you know, watch you and him work together with Chicago scouting for years. Uh, very uh, proud to see Mike get named the general manager of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, obviously, the first black uh, general manager in the National Hockey League. So, just great stuff and. You know, I can't, uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about Grizzy. Obviously, you know, his resume played over a thousand games in the NHL. Um, You know, we talked a lot about it, you know, his philosophies and things like that in uh, youth hockey and pro hockey and things like that, his coaching in New Jersey. And we're, uh, you know, super excited for him and and really wish him him well. My uncle, Mike, also scouts for the uh, Shock. So pretty cool to, uh, you know, to have Grizzy as a boss now. Yeah, he's one of the best people in hockey. We're really excited for him. I, you know, you hear you know, guys that played against him and who know him, um, and some guys who don't even know him personally, like how respected he was as a player, and he's going to be just carrying him, himself the way he's always carried himself. And he's a gentleman, and he's going to do a good job there. Um, he has some work to do, but I'm sure he's ready uh, ready for the challenge. And we wish him the best, and uh, you know he's he's again one of the best guys in hockey. So uh, good luck to him uh, in his new position, and well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. Obviously, great you know bloodlines in terms of his father working the NFL for years, brothers uh, for years, I should say. His brother Chris, the general manager of the Miami Dolphins, so he's got that kind of pedigree. But you know, a couple moments that just stand out with him. Obviously, coaching with him the last three or four years, um, you know. We're probably going to miss his son, Tristan, uh, who's going to be, you know, they're going to, the family's going to be moving. We're definitely going to miss him and having him around. He's always got a great smile on his face and Grizz, he was so good with the kids and, and, and things like that. But as a, as a, you know, young player, me just coming out of school, he was a guy like yourself that I looked up to. And I remember working out with him over at BU and with Mike Boyle and those guys and, uh, just his work ethic and what he did and what he put into the game and you know the workouts would be done and you'd see him on the airdyne bike for another half hour 45 minutes just grinding and you know him him at that time had been the nhl for you know 10 years probably 10 plus years at that time and and just you know really taught me like what it was like to to be a pro and don't just be satisfied you know hey yeah here's the workout here's the plan that we're supposed to do but you can always put forth a little bit more effort and he's going to take that same type of mentality into his job now as the gm of the san jose shocks and i'll never forget that hit on on you know one of the bc guys there in the bean pot uh greg callahan he absolutely go back and youtube that hit I know we talked about it in the interview, but uh, oh my God, that thing, one of the best hits I've ever seen. Yeah, I was in the old garden. I, I remember being up in the balcony 
and just kind of seeing it happen, and he just absolutely destroyed him. Like one of the <laughs> hardest hits I've ever seen live. Uh, you know, so it was one of those things where I played against Mike when he was uh, a senior and I was a freshman in high school. He could have broke both of my shoulders with one hit. He was like 100 pounds heavier than me, but he's he's just kind enough to just kind of go stick on puck and just give me a bump instead. But then he just started destroying people in, uh, in college. It was just uh, you could hear the, the the crowd start like anticipating a big hit when the puck was dumped in, and he's heavy on the floor check. So, but uh, he, he has that internal drive to be the best, and he's gonna carry that on to the front office for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So good luck to, to those guys. Also, some other uh, cool news around the league, and you know, just this. Do you see the least? I know Dr. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser, uh, who is obviously a Canadian. You know, one of the probably the greatest uh, Canadian uh, female hockey player ever play. She was named assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, as well as Kate Madigan, who's a Milton girl. Uh, her. Um, her father was obviously Coach Madigan at, at, at Jimmy at Northeastern for a number of years, and she was been with the, the Devils now, I think, since 2017. She was just promoted to uh, an assistant general manager role as well. So really cool to uh, to see that type of stuff. Oh, it's great. I mean, Haley Wicken has a – I mean, her resume speaks for itself as a player and you know, six-time Olympian, four-time gold medalist, you know, and, completed med school it's like kind of crazy you know how driven yeah. she is and she's going to do a, a great job in her new role as well um but you know it's it goes back to you know there's a lot of women being promoted which is great and back in 2017 um a woman by the name of kim davis was was hired by the league you know she uh she spearheads uh all these initiatives, uh, the social development, growth initiatives, legislative affairs, and it's just a it's just a, a great trend in the game for you know women to be recognized and, and put in, in powerful positions to make a difference. And it's just great for the, the the women and the girls coming up to see you know there's something in hockey outside of just playing. And uh, I'm just really happy for all of those uh, you know girls who are well de- deserving of uh, those positions. You know, Megan Duggan, who was on um, the podcast as well. Um, she's in New Jersey. Megan Hunter in Chicago. Emily uh, Constant Gay in, in Vancouver, along with Cami Granado. So it was a, a, a great uh, wave of, of uh, very intelligent um, hockey you know, personnel uh, who, are, who are women coming through. So we're just really happy for all of them. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's great to see the uh, the growth of the game. That's for sure. So, best of luck to to everybody that's involved. Uh, obviously, we uh, we got the street hockey tournament coming up. There's still some spots open, so make sure you sign up. I know we I, I put together a couple teams in the past week um, at the Pee Wee's and Bantam level. So, super excited about those guys. And uh, we got Ray's kid. He's going to be playing. Uh, Andrew Raycroft's sons jumped in the mix. He's going to play goal for uh for the bantam team so we're excited about that but sign up at uh the rinkshrinks.com slash registration you can email us any questions rinkshrinks at gmail.com obviously the tournament is going to be august 6th and 7th down in uh, kingston mass and we've partnered with hockey fest game on who they're going to do a great job with the rinks and it's really going to look uh look really really cool down there and have a you know it's going to be a, a real fun event so hit us up with any questions i know Machi have been getting a ton of them so let's uh you know let's make sure we bang this thing out right 
yeah, let's uh, let's get everyone signed up before July 15th so we can get the T-shirts all ordered up. And uh, it's going to be a great event. T- tons of uh, momentum right now. I've been talking to a lot of people. You know, the sponsorship still available. Um, so just reach out um, to, you know, the, our email, wrenchranks at gmail.com, if you have any questions uh, along those lines. And uh, it's going to be a great, great family um, event. You bring all, uh, We'll have a bunch of vendors and you know activities for all ages so make sure you uh check it out on the website and uh be sure to register as quickly as you can yeah awesome sounds good i forgot to tell you i was walking down the beach on the uh third moths and uh some there was you know a bunch of people sitting there and and they're like where's motto i had the uh and i'm like ah oh, he's I, I had no idea who the people were and i'm like walking i you know you got 17 chairs for cool is like shit just falling all over me you know what i mean where's motto i'm like ah oh, he's down in deluxeberry living the high life you know what i mean i i didn't even <laughs> know who it was you know what i mean but it was uh, uh it was hilarious so it was it was it was fun i did not run but my family ran so i was just cheering at the finish line with uh with Bay the pop so we we're uh we we're just kind of <laughs> trying to stay cool and in, in oh, yeah yeah so it was, it was uh, awesome um oh, but we got great. the nhl draft uh coming up here if you yeah. were montreal would you take right he's a, he's been like the the number one rated player for a long time here but it, it's just gonna be an interesting dynamic i think new jersey's in a good spot because they have yeah. you know they don't have to make a decision really exactly and what, yeah, what's the European kid's name? Yeah, he's a, a Slovakian born, but plays in the Finnish league. Um, it's like Stromowski or something like that. Like he's a, a 6'4", 230 pound, eighteen year old, which is crazy. Um, yeah. So he's like an yeah. ex Bakoff type guy. Right. 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 Um, I, I think that. So, I think if it was like Wright has been the clear cut so-called like number one guy. And especially being a Canadian, I think that Canada is just in such a difficult spot with that pick because if they don't take him and he ends up being a complete, you know, if he ends up being a stud, then they, it, it looks horrible. And God, you know, if this kid comes over from, you know, the Finnish league and is, like, you know, let's just say he writes even just a little bit better than him, then, you know, especially, you know, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon and Nick Barbaroff and, you know, that, that entire staff that they just brought on up in Montreal is in – it's just such a difficult position if they don't take the Canadian kid, right? Like, just being a Canadian market? Yeah, I mean, I, they they haven't tipped their hand, but I think that it's – uh it's a tough decision. They're kind of in a tough spot. It kind of goes back to Taylor Hall and um, Tyler Sagan, Sagan, you know, yeah. Edmonton yeah. and Boston. And so Boston was in a good position. They, they're going to get a good player either way. You know, there's not right. one real clear cut, um, but there's a lot of good hockey players in this draft. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. That's going to unfold, uh, you know, we're Thursday recording night, this right? on, yeah, on Wednesday. So, yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, so we're going to tune in and check that out for sure. Yeah, I will say, you know, especially with the the group that they have assembled up there in Montreal and Vinny LeCavier and like there's a lot of good hockey people. Obviously, Marty St. Louis is the head coach. Like those guys are going to cross their their T's and dot their I's on every one of those top couple picks. And I wouldn't, you know, I would say Wright's probably the easiest pick, right? But it 
you just don't know. Like you, the, the, if they see something that potentially, you know, they don't like or they think that this kid's going to be a little bit better or, or you know, even the, the American-born kid, um, what's his name, Cooley? Yeah. Lo, is it Logan Cooley? Yeah, he's a good player. He's real like you know. I think that they've really they've they've dug deep and they've they've done a lot of homework and kind of shadowed these guys in the last, you know, number of months, kind of leading up to it. Obviously, um, you know, the Canadian Junior League and and the playoffs and watching that. So yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, you know, by the time this episode's drop we'll have uh we'll we'll have seen who who the number one overall pick is but yeah what would you do uh i i don't know I, I think i would kind of err on the side of i've seen both of them play that kid uh you know who's playing in the finish league he's a big strong player that could probably translate much quicker but mm-hmm. you know the upside for right um you know he's been steady you know, development all along. Um, his his size and skating, you know, isn't you know as good as the other kids. But I, as as far as a decision, and, you know, you can flip a coin without you know really knowing exactly. Like you said, they're doing a deep dive, doing their due diligence, so they'll make the right pick in their mind and they'll stick to it. And you know, that's what uh, they get paid the big bucks for to make those really important decisions and trust the staff that they surround themselves with. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, it's time we have, uh, you know, we prepared a bunch of, uh, you know, great clips, great interviews that we've had on with, you know, a lot of special guests over the past, you know, year, year and a half here. So hopefully you guys enjoy kind of our best of episode and uh, anything else, Mots, before we hit the road? Uh, no, I, I think it's just gonna, it's it's nice to be able to look back and, and see some of the uh, the people that we have had on and clip some of those, uh, you know, good interviews, some funny stories, some some good uh, insight from uh, a lot of great guests. So, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week. This episode is brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so that you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevon.com. All right, and our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, we have Paul Bissonette. Paul is a fourth rounder with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, played for the uh, the Penguins, the Coyotes, the East Coast League, AHL in Europe, and just had a uh, – and is, you know, runs one of the biggest hockey podcasts there is, Spitting Chicklets. Welcome to the show, Biz Nasty. How's everything going, buddy? Who who gets to decide who has to do the intro, or is it always you, Yans? Uh, I've yes. been doing most of them, which is a grind. It really, Mots, it's, it's not that easy. I Wait. hunt, I hunt <laughs> those things faster than anything. I had that, uh, you know, I've had a few people on when I've done the solo ones, and we've had to like redo them because I'm so nervous about the intro part. But uh, you crushed it. Uh, great to see you, boys. And uh, Mots, congratulations on getting out of that one. Oh yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I I like to uh, bring in a couple guys out of the bullpen, but every, you know, only every once in a while. By uh, Ray crushes it. 
All right. Oh, yeah, he, does. Wit, he does a good job. Wit's really good at it too. Just off the like right off the cuff, he just can can like he. That's a good talent that he has. He can he, just bring people in, and I think he just makes stuff up like facts about them, and they know it. <laughs> <laughs> Wit Wit has the gift of the gab. He's he's far and above the best storyteller on the podcast. Dude, fuck, is he a funny bastard? Oh, I yeah. can't say that. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to keep it PG from here on out. We're not going to talk like on Spit and Chicklets. I get that this is a little bit of a different vibe here. Yeah, we're the PG version of Chicklets, we like to say. You know what I mean? We're not we're not getting the, the you know, the behind-the-scenes kind of locker room stories that, that people tell on your show, but we talk about a lot of good other things, which, you know, is all part of the process and developing and hockey and all that fun stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been on a podcast to talk about, you know, my minor hockey career and how it all kind of how it all came about and what I had to do to get to where I got. And yeah, so I'm excited, guys. Yep, You got, you know, trying to work your way into a lineup at whatever level and, you know, those intangibles that you, you know, and we joke about it, but they're real. You know, being a good person, a good teammate, working your bag off to be the best player you can be is really the whole point of like the message that we we kind of talk about and you have you know success at each level and it it doesn't you don't have to be the best player on the team to be a valuable part of a team it's hard too because like you know a, a lot of players who have that type a personality especially at an early age like you do feel even though you're on maybe that your your buddy's team you're kind of in competition maybe to get to that even better situation, right? So it's it's definitely balancing a, a healthy dynamic in it, creating, you know, like a, a healthy dynamic within a team of, of pushing each other and trying to be the best, to, to, you know, to your ability. But, uh, I mean, another component that you talk about as well, I'm sure a lot on this program is, you know, how much pressure is coming from other areas. And my dad my dad grew uh, grew up playing like minor hockey and and Welland and he I think he was just over the moon that I was he was like wow like even if you're playing single A because I was getting cut from the triple A teams early on so I I I knew what like rejection felt like and 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 like quote-unquote failure and maybe how to deal with that and you know he was like he was always like hey man go down to single A and have fun and work hard and you never know and and it was nice having a, a family dynamic where they, they there was no pressure. They were just willing to get up at five in the morning to drive me to practice, which is crazy in itself. And then the cost associated to that. So, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. I know my, I've been rambling on there. My father always tells the story that that he was at. And you have, your dad's name's Cam, right? Camille, yeah, yeah. So he he was at a Coyotes <laughs> game and he. Uh, he looked over and this guy with the bissonette jersey on and <laughs> and he's like, Hey, are you on the team too? And my father's looking at him like no, I'm not on the team like my my son is, and he's like, "Oh, my son's Paul Bissonette." Like, hey. But hey, he was a fan, and and you know the, he was he was so proud of you, which is huge. Okay, he is an absolute character. He would be so they they would come here when I was uh, when I was playing here at the time for like two months to vacation. Yep. One of one of the times I let them stay with me, buddy. I will. I would. He is <laughs> a sort of an adventure. I, he is a social butterfly. I think I am. He is to the to the different extreme. I wake up from a nap because I was tired. We've been on the road, whatever it was, and I hear this like talking and voices. I'm I'm not recognizing. I come out into my living room and there's like 
my my dad and uh, my mom and another couple and i'm like i call my dad over and i said who are these people in my house <laughs> and he's like oh they were down at the pool and we met them we got talking so i invited them home <laughs> and I, i'm like oh hey oh hey by the way can you leave us four tickets for the next game he would offer up tickets to everybody oh, there's some games i'm begging everybody for tickets i got i got my dad who's promised 12 tickets to people two of which was the guy at the urinal who he shook hands with next to at the prior coyotes game it, it, he he would be bouncing off the walls and uh yeah dude he was just a proud guy and i think he was just kind of like oh my 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 kid from well in ontario my seed is playing in the national hockey how the heck did this happen right uh, a, that's- a lot a lot of by accidents and uh, to, uh another funny story on top of that so his first ever game watching me live uh i scored the game winner in toronto yans uh keith assisted on it nice what? in toronto yes. it, it was in toronto because because i was always i think we'd been there one time and i was a healthy scratch and my mother was not doing good at the time so i said don't even bother driving up i'm not i'm not going to be playing like don't you know traffic blah 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 they're getting older whatever so finally my mom was still sick at the time so my dad came to toronto and i ended up uh, that was the game yan shot it from the point i think it made it 4-1 at the time and uh or maybe 5-1 and they made a charge back and ended up eventually being the game winner so by the time gwg though so the funny part about it is all of uh all of people from Welland who went to the game uh, started seeing him on the concourse, and a few of my buddies were there. He was completely gassed off tequila when I saw him after the game. <laughs> like, he could barely stand up. So they got him completely obliterated. Oh, that's unbelievable. Fizz, so, bring it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, as far as scoring uh, goals, I just, while we're on the topic, do you think Harry Price will be, ta- will be thinking about uh, giving up your first career NHL goal while he's in the playoffs here. Worst goal too. I think yeah, it was. Uh, Walk us through it. I was battling for net front position. Was not looking at the puck and Heshka. I, I don't know if it hit something on the way in, but he missed the net by a country mile. And as I was battling, my foot kind of kicked out, and it just it hit my foot, and it went in perfect. They reviewed it for a kicking motion, but they could clearly see I did not make eye contact with a puck. So it was the luckiest goal. But hey, I no get the pictures. Hey, hey, yeah, my grandkids. Yeah, my grandkids are gonna know about it because of this YouTube now. I gotta get taken off YouTube. Yeah, take it down. Oh, that's I went end to end, split Subban and Markov and, and beat them uh, backhand cheese. Yeah, toe dragged, toe dragged both of them inside out and then yeah. backhand cheddar. My Hockey Rankings. We are proud to be partners with our friends at My Hockey Rankings. Check out their website, www.myhockeyrankings.com, to see where your team ranks. Be sure to submit the My Hockey Rankings question of the week and see if we answer your question. We're pleased to have on our next guest on the Ring Shrinks podcast, Colin White, nine, uh, 797 regular season games, played at a plus 72, 114 playoff games, two-time Stanley Cup champion, my partner and great friend from New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, Colin White. That was pretty impressive, Mots. Yeah, I should be your agent. <laughs> it would have been a lot. That plus minus probably would have been a lot higher if it wasn't for Mots, though, right? Oh, I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> no, we, we worked well together. I mean, I played with uh, 
with mods for a couple of years there and um you know it was great we uh we relied on each other we were great communicators so when you're communicating with your petite partner i think that was the the main thing with us and um yeah he could take me yelling at him <laughs> and, and he could give it back and i and i actually listened so it worked out pretty good well, our, our listeners are dying to know uh, who was your favorite number 27 to play with. Oh, well, obviously, I'm sitting right here with Mots, <laughs> but um, Niedermeyer was pretty good D partner. Um, I was sad to see him leave, obviously, um, but I understood he was going to play with his brother. And, uh, you know, that was something special for him to be able to say, you know, I'm going to go try to win a cup with my brother and actually do it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a disservice to the number when Lou decided to throw the two seven on on my back oh, the, on old mozzarella sticks. <laughs> like, so, didn't somebody real good wear this before us? Yeah, the fans weren't too happy either. But uh, you know, it was one of those things uh, to play with Whitey, and you know, we'll get into it. But you know, I was fortunate to play with him because he was a shutdown D, and you know, would play against top. Hit, uh, lines and then I would just happen to be a product of that so I owe a lot to Colin White for the amount of time I played in the NHL so that's for sure yeah we had a good time we had a you know I'm simple so I I have two things I'm going up the wall or I'm moving it over to my D partner um, and Mott's was good we did a lot of little bump plays um, you know he like I said communication was a big thing with us and uh Mott's willingness to to actually he didn't care what his role was going to be come when he got into the NHL as long as he was there so um that was huge for us because I knew he was offensive coming from college and uh, Hobie Baker winner and whatnot um so for me it was good he he moved an up and down his wall and I was on mine and uh you know he never really jumped into the play overly. I mean, you see kids today, obviously skating's the, the main part of the game. Um, so Mots was a great skater, uh, covered me a lot. So it worked out pretty good. Could you talk to us about that decision to go major junior and, you know, that process and, you know, how you got, um, you know, looked at and were you hesitant to go at an early age? And in those penalty minutes you had up there, holy yeah. lord! <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> three hundred and three, two ninety-seven. Yeah. yeah, we had a tough lot of team. hooking and holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a bit of everything. Yeah, That's a little that. bit of everything. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of all the above. Extra but, tens. Um, yeah, it was. Um, well, Halifax Mooseheads became a major junior team the year I was supposed to go to major junior, and um, so we. We were all owned by the Quebec League then. And um, so I ended up getting drafted by Granby, traded that day to Laval. I uh, went to Laval for maybe a month and a half and got traded to Hall and spent the rest of the time there, which I, I like, liked it in Hall. The guys were – we had a good young <clears throat> – group of tough guys i guess to start um there was myself peter worrell gordy dwyer kid sean farmer we were all 17 well gordy was underage he was playing 16 but um you know and we went up through the ranks kind of together and so by the end of it yeah we did have a tough team and fortunate enough to win a memorial cup and um and move on and end up playing against gordy and pete end up fighting them a few times both, <laughs> both of them at the nhl level which wasn't too fun but you know it was 
it was like it wasn't uh, anything to do with our friendship. Uh, it never, never affected us uh, that way. It was a job. It was our job on our teams. Unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to do that once in a while. But uh, the the code was there. You knew nobody was given a cheap shot. If somebody went down, he went down for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Peter cut me for 15. I know that one night in, <laughs> in Florida that didn't feel too good. But it's uh, a monster. He had uh, he had a six pack of beer and uh, and he had a, a stuffed animal for my daughter in a bag after the game. So <laughs> <laughs> we used to do that, me and Simmer, once in a while. I'd, I'd get the he pack a teddy bear on top of a 12 pack of beer so i could walk by lou on the bus and you'd think it was a birthday gift for the kids <laughs> sorry lou <laughs> had to find ways around certain things you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so can you talk to us about um you know getting drafted by the rain i mean the uh the devil oh, jesus he almost yeah it's a slip and um, you know your, you. Fir your first time going down. I love this story uh, to work out. You know, it was like a yeah. Uh, it wasn't, didn't go well. Um, so the first year I went down, got drafted. And at 18 years old, is pretty nerve wracking walking into a dressing room with guys like Scott Stevens, Ken Danico, these Marty Berdur, all the. And, and you and, had your afro too, right? Yeah, I had long hair. Uh, junior, I grew my hair out. Anyway, Lou didn't <laughs> like that, so had to that got cut got, quick. That got cut real quick. Um, Looks like Oglethorpe. Yeah, came, went back. You know, had a good training camp. You know, learned a little. Knew I wasn't even close yet, um, but was still on the same ice surface as these guys, and you know, pretty nervous being 18. You're missing passes that you don't usually miss just because of who you're passing to. It's just nerves. Um, I think the second year when I went back, we won the Moral Cup. I signed, and uh, so I knew I was going to at least play in Albany that year. So I went back, and I went back really out of shape. <laughs> like, they told me to put some weight on. I think I was 195, 200 the year before I came back that year, maybe like 235. In not good shape. I think I ran one lap around the track, and... I was it wasn't throwing up. It wasn't muscle, we'll say. <laughs> no. It was, hey, were you, if I get the story right, were you wearing jean shorts? So? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I love jean shorts back then. <laughs> I got to get myself a pair again. But, yeah, um, they got to come back, I think. I know, right? they're so comfy. You know, you got all your pockets and you got the loops. You know. The loops, yeah, yeah, the loops. <laughs> I hang my keys off mine. <laughs> my girlfriend teases me. You're not a janitor. I'm like, I know, but. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, so, yeah, I was, I, Lou, they weren't very happy, so basically I had to lose 15 pounds in two weeks, which was, oh, it was double time, twice a day, <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, then I didn't go home for pretty much two summers, but Lou told me, you know, this is what, you're going to have to put this work in if you want to really be here as a constant and uh so i did that <clears throat> unfortunately i was trying to make the team in 2000 and uh pretty much i thought i had my spot wrapped up and they invited this kid uh brian rafalski uh -huh. i guess the best defenseman outside the nhl this time right he was in I, europe right yeah, yeah i can remember saying oh well, he's not too big and he, 
after the first day I got on the ice with him, I was like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, I might have just lost that last spot. But, um, you know, it was it was good. You know, Lou and them told me, go down, work hard, keep doing the same, keep progressing, and by the trade deadline, we'll try to make a spot for you. And it, and it worked out. Came up, and we won the cup. Our next guest, Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers. Kevin was a first-round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, number 24 overall first-rounder. How you doing? Uh, he played his college hockey at Boston College, where he helped his team win a national championship in 2012. He chose to sign a contract with the New York Rangers rather than the Blackhawks, where he played for five seasons before being traded to the Winnipeg Jets at the 2018-2019 trade deadline. Kev is now entering his second year of a seven-year contract. He signed with the Philadelphia Flyers. Welcome to the Rink Shrinks Hockey Podcast, Kevin Hayes. Thanks, boys. Uh, always a pleasure to, to hang out with you guys, uh, whether it's doing this podcast or on the golf course or playing some hockey with Mott's. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's nice, to, little, nice to have a fellow eagle on the uh, Finally. Studio. I was going to say the BC handshakes are getting out of control <laughs> on this. Uh, the, the, the Pikes Peak Club reunion <laughs> we got going here with you and Hannafin and all that stuff. Chest pumps all around. Oh, exactly. Unbelievable. Like I'm back at the mods right now <laughs> for a football game. You know, Kev, obviously we, uh, we're, we're psyched to have you. Um, First of all, if I know you're a big Halloween guy, how'd, uh, how'd that go? You dress up or anything? I, I did dress up. I don't know if it's the right time to announce my uh, costume, especially on Election Day. Oh. Uh, maybe I'll send you a picture in a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, of what yeah. it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> everywhere I went, I made sure there was no social media. Yeah, so, that's good. So you weren't um, gritty. Exactly. I, I should have been gritty. But you know today today's society is you can't do anything without getting in trouble. So... Me and my friends had a good joke, and that was that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> good, good. I know uh, back in the Rangers days when Keith was there, oh, you guys yeah. dressed up as the uh, we went the, as seekers. Yeah, the autograph yeah. seekers. This yeah. picture. T- talk, tell, tell the <laughs> listeners about it that was story. Unbelievable. We had a professional makeup artist, me, Keith, and Keith's wife Kristen, um, and we went as the people who hang outside like the subway and outside the hockey rink like home and away games and we told the place Auto- that we have, autograph hunters yeah seekers. exactly I call, I call them gremlins yeah they are <laughs> and um and so we showed up to our party early we told the guys that were like that own the restaurant we're like hey we're on the team but we're gonna pretend like we're not like can you come out and yell at us and like when guys start showing up like start coming out and like giving us shit and i remember McDonough showed up and he was like, How the f did you guys find out about this party? And then Lundquist showed up and was <laughs> bullshit. Because we had like you couldn't even tell honestly. You couldn't even tell it was us. And the best part is we had this uh this like assistant trainer at the time, he's now a full time trainer there, who clearly doesn't get his autograph signed because he He's there like five hours early on game day. He was so pumped up to sign autographs for us. He had no <laughs> idea. He was probably so embarrassed when he finally realized it was us like 30 minutes later. He's like, holy <laughs> I thought these guys were going to be like at really asking for my autograph. It was probably his first autograph he ever signed. Yeah, that was psyched. Yeah, yeah, it was funny though. That's oh, amazing. That's, yeah. I, I always felt like they had a factory somewhere where they produced these <laughs> these seekers and they just threw a jersey on them and, and dispersed them out. Mostly the AHL cities. It was like the same person. Yeah. You know, four by six, mustang, uh, mustard stain on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But, yeah. like, it's not, like, 
sometimes you you know they're not like a, like real seekers and you don't mind signing for them like if it's like a parent or a kid you've never seen before and they're just fans of the team you're like all right whatever but then you like i'm in year seven going into year seven you see the same people yeah, get every them. single trip yeah it's crazy and they get mad at you and you don't sign <laughs> and i guess there's like this big thing if you sign like uh the blue with a blue marker yeah. or something that's more official or yeah. you can like sell, sell it. it yep so the best is like some guys like hold hold the black one on purpose and they're like yeah sure i'll sign they're like no no can you can you sign with this blue one and that's when you know you're like there, there was one time yeah. where there was a guy that was like searching through like I don't have many cards but he was like <laughs> he put the pen in his mouth while he oh. <laughs> while he thumbed through the card <laughs> he's like yeah can you sign COVID friendly <laughs> yeah. someone like, in uh, where was it I think I want to say Toronto Lundquist wasn't playing that night so he he was like alright I'll, I'll sign for these guys because game day he kind of just walks on the bench uh, walks on the bus and gets going and oh it was Pittsburgh actually at um, the Fairmont there, yeah. and they line up right out front. And one of the guys like went to go give him the pen and kind of dropped it, and it went on his suit. Oh, but no, it was one no. of like the, the like the official the like, the leaky pen, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was bullshit. Send him it was unbelievable. Oh, fuck, it was funny. We talk about kind of. I mean, your father, I guess, toes the line, right? He's a little crazy, and yeah. he's self-admitted. Yeah. Um, but he has some pretty funny stories. Oh, like yeah. the, that uh, what's the Zamboni story I heard before? Yeah, we. This is when I was playing for like a bunch of different teams. And you know, when you play same level but for different uh, leagues, the championship weekend's always on the same same weekend. You're probably going that with, yeah. through the kids and stuff. And um, so I had a championship game for one team at like 7 a.m. Another championship game at like 9:30, and then another championship game at noon. And one of the games went into overtime, so I wasn't going to make the start of one of the games. And my dad called ahead to the Charlestown Arena and told Mike, I forget his last name, was like, hey, I'll give you some Bruins tickets if you pretend that the Zamboni's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the Zamboni goes on. It's not working. The other team knows I'm not there. Like, their parents are like, oh, that Hayes kid's not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, this is our chance. And so they're like flipping out on the Zamboni guy. My dad pulls in, walks in, looks at the Zamboni guy. Says, oh, it's fixed. All of a sudden, the Zamboni's fixed. They finish, and I'm ready for puck drop. <laughs> uh, it was that's how it was when I was younger. We talk about kind of, I mean, your father, I guess, toes the line, right? He's a little crazy, and yeah. he's self-admitted. Yeah. Um, but he has some pretty funny stories. Oh, like yeah. the, that uh, what's the Zamboni story I heard before? Yeah, we. This is when I was playing for like a bunch of different teams. And you know, when you play same level but for different uh, leagues, the championship weekend's always on the same same weekend. You're probably going that with, yeah. through the kids and stuff. And um, so I had a championship game for one team at like 7 a.m., another championship game at like 9:30, and then another championship game at noon. And one of the games went into overtime, so I wasn't going to make the start of one of the games. And my dad called ahead to the Charlestown Arena and told Mike, I forget his last name, was like, hey, I'll give you some Bruins tickets if you pretend that the Zamboni's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the Zamboni goes on, it's not working. The other team knows I'm not there. Like, their parents are like, oh, that Hayes kid's not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, this is our chance. 
And so they're like flipping out on the Zamboni guy. My dad pulls in, walks in, looks at the Zamboni guy. Says, oh, it's fixed. All of a sudden, the Zamboni's fixed. They finish, and I'm ready for puck drop. <laughs> uh, it was that's how it was when I was younger. And our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, he's a bit of a dra- jack of all trades. Uh, you can be, you can see him work in security at the uh, U- U.S. Airways Center down in Dallas. Uh, he's also a taste tester for uh, Oreo cookies. And uh, in his spare time, when he when he has it, he actually plays hockey in the NHL for the Florida Panthers, where he's played two hundred and eighty-seven games. Welcome to the podcast, Nola Chari. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We also heard some. Uh, some stories about you you doubling down and playing some goalies some goalie in like the fourth grade when your uh, when your goalie wouldn't show up. Can you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, so when I was younger, so I aged out of a certain like playing, but my younger brother's team actually like if their goalie didn't show up, I'd always go to the games and just run around the rink like any kid would. Um, and we had just had an extra set of goalie equipment just in case. And whenever they didn't show up, I was like, my parents were would had to run up, find me. He's like, let's go. You get your playing goalie. And I was pumped because it was just mini hockey. All I wanted to play was goalie. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think, I mean, we, I ended up playing more than I thought I would. And uh, I just remember one one game, I let in the goal because I was, I was getting cocky. And it like they just kind of shot it from like the red line. And I went to go and play it and missed it. And all I remember is just kind of turning around in slow motion, chasing it back and then catch it. <laughs> it's like I came out to like the top of the circle blue line to try and just absolutely missed and threw my legs and I just spun around and I was like, oh. Too bad there wasn't live on back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'd be great footage to see. Yeah, as far as being a goalie, I, um, I think it's important for, you know, kids to try all different positions goalie is a unique spot but um but you know in college i threw them on in in christmas time and it's not fun when you get teed up in the head though like when you guys start being able to shoot it you know they think it's funny too and i was like uh but as far as being you know exposed to it you know you find that shooting five hole and you know different areas where it's tough to um, you know, save when you're in the net. So I'm sure that must have been fun, obviously playing, you know, a position that you really enjoyed, but uh, but then you appreciate playing out after. Oh, yeah. It's a lot harder than I expected. Yeah. I mean, you have a good reputation as being a, a – I mean, I remember watching you, you know, now in Florida and playing with Keats, and I was watching you even more so than I did with the Bruins. But you, you have, a, I mean, an unreal knack for blocking shots and stuff like that. Was that just something that came naturally to you? Or is it something that, you know, just with a, a little bit of a goalie background kind of helped? Um, a little of that, but uh, in college, it's, it's funny. Uh, so my – so Nate Lehman, Coach Province College, he – my first year at school there was his first year. And like he was trying to establish himself as like dominant, like dominant coach. Like so, we were doing. Didn't matter if you were a skill guy, whatever. You were gonna be a grinder and whatever. And so after like a Thursday practice, we play Friday, Saturday. He'd bring out the like the rubber chuck a pucks, and he, him, and one of the assistants would be on the blue line, and like you'd have two lines, guys just running out, and they'd just be shooting pucks at you, and you had to get in the lane. And we did that for about 20 minutes every Thursday, just blocking shots. <laughs> just eating pucks. Exactly. And uh, that definitely um, 
they've definitely helped me figure out getting in the the way of the puck and it's definitely gotten pretty hurt over the years with that broken finger broken jaw the broken jaw was not my it wasn't the opposing team it was my own guy that hit me oh yeah i was going for a high tip and the puck just got away from us at like the between the hash and the top of the circle and it just got up on him and absolutely smoked me in the jaw oh. That's, yeah it block, that blocking first, yeah first year in the league well, blocking shots is such a skill, and I i mean, B.Y. and I can probably attest to knowing when you're not in the lane but kind of making it look like you are. Like, oh, yeah, like like I'm, you know, lined up. I know I'm not going to block this shot. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. That's not going to hit me. I, yeah, I, right. I, I, I wasn't even pretending. I was just straight flamingo style. <laughs> I'm not going to lie here. <laughs> uh, at least, uh, yeah, I, I tried to make it look good. Uh, you know? So I was down at uh, at the Bridgewater rink today, and it just so happened I heard an amazing story about you uh, through obviously Kevin Hayes. So, and and I'll give you Kevin's account for this, and obviously you can probably tell the the real truth. I'm sure he threw some salt and pepper on it, but Mots he said that. Kevin said, you know, that the main drag going on at Bridgewater rank, say it's like 28 or whatever, right? He said him and his father driving to the game that, you know, cruising down the street and they see a kid up ahead and he's running with his hockey bag down 28 and they pull up and they're like, you know, obviously we know this kid. They probably recognize the bag or whatever. And they look and he's got like blood dripping down his face. And they're like, no, like, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, my mom and dad, they just got in a little bit of a car accident back there, but I didn't want to miss the game. And he, there he is running to the to the Bridgewater Ice Arena. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so we – yeah, that strip going down there, you know, with the, the state yeah, penitentiary. It's, it's basically but, a, a highway. Yeah, Route 18. Yeah. So yeah. I know he's from that area. An inmate escaped, and so the cops were all in the woods and with the dogs, or whatever. And and we were about to take the left to get into the rink, so we were stopped, waiting for traffic to go. But the car behind us was just paying attention to everything going on in the woods and just absolutely blew us up from behind. And at the time like we had the minivan but uh we had the tv not the built-in tv you know the ones you used to have on your counters with yeah. with the vhs the plug-in so we put the middle seat down and put that in and we got hit and i just went right off the the tv and then next thing i know like we're just waiting there and i'm like i want to go play like i need to go play and then my mom's like well we can't go anywhere it's like all right well i'm going so i like I couldn't even open up the back because it was just caved in. So like I'd rip it over the back seat, my bag, my sticks. So I was like, I don't even know if anything's broken in there. I, I, I don't even know what's going on. I probably was. Yeah, probably had a concussion. <laughs> but I grabbed my stuff and I'm just walking. Like I just, and then I get picked up by Kevin, those guys. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I just, let's just go. We got to go. <laughs> Oh, that's unbelievable. That probably explains the snout you got going too. Probably the beginning of that. Absolutely. Oh, that's an that's an amazing story. And obviously, uh, you can't teach that type of passion, Mots, right? No. I mean, we, we, we talk about, you know, uh, you know, wheelie bags and, and actually, 
you know, parents even wheeling the wheelie bag instead of in like the instead of carrying their kids' bag, they're wheeling. It's like so embarrassing. So uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, car accident, rear-ended, leaking, concussion, the game, <laughs> Cronky. no, no dark room. No, uh, not at that. Oh, oh, that's amazing. That's a good one. That is a good one. Is your company looking to hire driven, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college or pro athlete in any sport and trying to figure out what's next? Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let the Shift Shift Group guide you every step of the way. The Shift Group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Reach out to us at www.shiftgroup.io or email them directly at jr at shiftgroup.io. Drafted 27th overall in the 1998 draft by the New Jersey Devils in the first round. Not only a great hockey player with many accolades, but one of my lay down and traffic friends. So welcome to the podcast, Scott Gomez. Thank you. I mean, how long have you guys been doing this? Uh, a year and a half. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm glad to finally get invited. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, you know. I got a call this morning, and uh, they needed a fill-in. So I guess we do go to the bullpen. So that's why I wore my Padre hat because Mots knows I used to be a ball player. So, oh, that's it. great! I love it. I love it. And and coming to us live from uh, from Las Vegas. Just if you want to get into that real quick, we can see the Wynn Casino in the background. I mean, uh, most most guys would have definitely pulled a pulled a little like, yeah, sorry, I I can't do it. That's for sure. Most guys would have, but like I said, uh, you're uh, the guy that runs the show here, or both of you guys. Um, you, there's certain human beings you can't say no to, and it's been a while since uh, me and Mots talked, but but uh, there are certain brotherhoods that you just uh, – I got the call, and I, hey, I got to come through for my boy. Not that I, it's a big deal, but uh, no, I could have been in, uh, I don't know where, Russia, and I'm still uh, making the call for Mots. That's, uh, and that, that's coming right from the heart. The confidence thing that, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned, uh, I'd like to bring it to when we got to New Jersey for a pre-World Junior camp, and then we went to a New Jersey Devils game. Uh, can you tell us the story about – so we walked out. I'll just – I'll kind of like tee up here. but Tee it up, Mott. Yeah, so um, we're going over to Finland for the World uh, Junior Championships, but we were in Hackensack, New Jersey for – it was like two weeks or something. Crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like another training camp. Yeah. <laughs> Good that, red lobster there, Mott. <laughs> yeah. No, the Olive Garden. The Olive oh, <laughs> yeah. Red lobster was right next door. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we um, go to a – a Devils Rangers game, and we walk out to the center uh, center ice, you know, like waving and all that stuff, and like announce our names or whatever. And um, we go back underneath the the belly of the uh, arena. We're in the um, in the locker room, and Randy McKay came and talked to us afterwards. But during this whole time, uh, something happened, and um, you know, it, it kind of like. It's it was just like the precursor to where Scott ended up. So uh, why don't we uh, why don't you tell it from your point of view, Goma? So like Mott said, we're at the World Juniors. We're there. We're like God, it seemed like we were there for a week in Hackensack, and people don't realize. Not like you know New York City's right there. Did you guys go out to New York City and check it out? No, we're at the Rink Hotel. Rink Hotel. Um, they announce our names, and team kind of separates. I think like five of us. The, the the manager, team leader, whatever, comes up to us and says, um, hey, would you guys like to go into Lou Lamarillo's office? 
and look at a Stanley Cup ring. We have no clue. I didn't know who Lou Lamarillo was or his, his, his prestige, you know, how. And so five of us go in there. Me, Mott's, Ty Jones. I wish I could name, but I remember Mott's was there. And, you know, you stick around the guys you're kind of close with and guys are kind of same personality. And we go in the, we go into the general manager's room and the board is just, it's got like every, everyone that's ready to play everyone. And then they got a bunch of prospects. They have guys that the list, I mean, there's just, and this is all written down. It's same like, this is before they had the, the, the curses and all that. Yeah. And so we're in there and me and Ty Jones were messing around. We have no clue who Lou Lamarillo is or how scary this guy was going to be in my life. But me, Mox and Jonesy are right there. And they had a list of guys like who's coming next. And I remember I told Ty and Mots, I go, I want to put my name in there. And they're like, obviously it's a dare. Like, oh, you won't do it. And of course, yeah, you won't. You won't. Boston, guys, because I talked a big game. Me and Jonesy are like, I'm just saying it, joking around. And now we're with Mots, and he's at a different level. Like, you won't do it, kid. You won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> now Mots is calling me out. I'm like, well, what, what could happen? So I write my name, Gomez, under the you know the prospects that are coming up. And um, they go afterwards, those team leaders, like, does anyone have any questions for Lou Lamarillo? And he knows how scary this guy is. He knows from USA Hockey, his, his, his rep and everything. And I think Mox was like, yeah, he's got a question. And I'm like, yeah, I got a question. And I'm like, why is my name so low on this list? I'm way better than all these guys. And the team leader and everything, me, Mox, and Jones, I'm laughing and like, but I mean, that is like, if you think about it now, and if I would have known, if I would have known this is Lou Lamarillo's office or his board, I wouldn't have done it. But that's hanging out, like I said, I know we're PG mass holes. You're hanging out with a different total chair. Mots is the one that made me do it. <laughs> we didn't even know. And the team leader, he almost, that's had a, unbelievable. he almost had a heart attack. And it's funny because people will be like, you tell that story. And then when I got drafted by the Devils, Lou brought it up and he's like, I knew this kid. I knew that moment. And I'm just like, Mike Motto made me do that. <laughs> so I owe Mots a lot. But yeah, I mean, we didn't know. We were just saying, we were, we, we were that group of kids that, yeah. But if you think about it now, hell no. You ain't touching Lou. You, ain't touching no, you don't touch anything. You're not even walking in that office. Yeah, I mean, yeah we, it, was, it was so prestigious for us to take the time because the game was going on. Yeah, it we was. It just happened to be a separate group that got like right there. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I never forget that. And Lou still brought it up, like, yeah, that kid. Uh, you know, wow, he showed something where he really didn't know that my asshole friend's the one that dared me to do it. He made, <laughs> yeah, he, he made me do it. That's unbelievable. I was gonna ask you, like, what was it like? Why? I, I know you guys are roommates at World Juniors. What was it like walking in and meeting Mots for the first time? So, Mots was. Uh, I okay, so. We we make the team, and it's like anything, and that's people just. And I don't want to say it because I'd probably not be in that category, but you know, good people find good people. Like it's just the way, or whatever. We we related, and, and when you're on those teams in the national teams, you don't know anyone. But the whole point of it, to get it out of is I hang out, and you know, I was fortunate because Ty Jones always made the teams, and we had the. But the best part about those things is you're meeting other kids. You're hearing how they grew up. I mean, our, I think Mott's probably got so sick of us. We didn't know anything about prep school. Like we're here in prep. You guys don't live at home or wow. That's just incredible. Like, and so we all, you get a certain group and 
the thing about that year is we were in camp for like a month, it seemed like. And then the guys that made it, that they thought were going to make the World Junior Team, we went to Finland. We went to Finland uh, for the summer. Uh, not Helsinki. Uh, no, that Perry. was like, uh, like Hemelina. No, not Hemelina. Uh, no, no, but Veramaki. Veramaki. Yeah, so we go there for two weeks. And you, were in the Hocken, you were in the Hockensack of, uh, of, of Finland? <laughs> yeah, we were, in, it was, we were in a village. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and Mott's, me and Mott's room together. And I forgot who else was with us, but I, I couldn't get enough of Mott's. Like, I was, a, you know, just, just stories. And, and the best part was, was I thought Mott's was Italian the way he looks and everything. And then one time we're all talking about races and this and that, how proud. And Mats was like, you know, he starts becoming, if you, everyone knows Mats, he, he's Irish. He's Irish. And I'm like, you're, you're Irish. He's like, well, what'd you think I was kid? I'm like, I, I could have, if my life depended on it, I thought you were Italian. I, I spent the last month with you. I didn't know this guy was Irish. Cause like, so we, uh, we make the team and now we play in this tournament where we're playing against grown men. <laughs> yeah, we were playing against a lot of German DL teams. Like all the guys that didn't, were ex-NHL guys right. were playing against them. And every time, we, you know, we get before the game, we get around the net, you know, let's go USA. And every time there would be this voice that would be like, and, you know, it was just, it was just like the girliest voice. Because everyone's, you know, oh, USA, whatever. And you hear this voice. And I'd go to Mott's and I'd be like, did you hear that voice? And Mott's would be like in the room and he'd be like, yeah, what is that, kid? What is that? Ah, I keep hearing that. So the whole tournament, everyone's trying to figure out who's doing it, unless you know it. And this just shows you how naive I was. At the end of the tournament, I think we're leaving, we're saying goodbye. And Mott's goes to me, he's like, go USA. <laughs> he just <laughs> He does the voice. I spent the whole two weeks with this guy, but every day I'm like, Mott, who is it? We got to find out who this is. And give kudos to Mott. He, he kept it in, but I remember saying goodbye, and he says that voice, and I'm like, that was you? And he's like, Mott, give us one. So for, for, for a while there, we played against each other in the NHL. We line up against each other, and guys must have thought, like, what the hell is these? What are these two doing? Because Mott's would be like, Go this voice that he did. <laughs> Let's go USA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still I can't. I can't do justice to it. But I mean, you had to be there. Like you're getting fired up, and you're just not. You hear this voice, like what the hell? And, and of course, Mats was my roommate. I'm like, who's doing that voice? Who's that's crazy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was uh, stuff like that. That and that's the thing that like. We could talk about the games. We could talk, but those are the things we we get together still this day. And it's just, I mean, that's 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 the kind of group of kids we were. We had fun. I mean, you know, but yeah. And, <laughs> but, but the best part, though, like you know, rewind it to like he gets drafted in the first round by the New Jersey Devils for putting his name on a list, and you know, you know, carves out an unbelievable career, starting with you know a you know. Um, you know, little prospect thing, whatever. Like, writes his name in there and is willing to like talk, you know, to Lou Lamorello about it. But that the cool part though is, you know, you, you were saying like water seeks its own level. That, that's that's how I describe it, right? Yeah. And, and hockey. Well, Mott's always got a different thing where, like I said, we have. What does that mean? He's like, well, kid, it means the same thing. And then, yeah, you go. You know, it was just a different a different language that he always had. But, but another best- thing Mott's taught me, and it's one of my favorite. And I learned it. I learned it, and I did it the rest of my career. And it's still a story. 
obviously I can tell a lot of stories, but it's still one of the best is me and Mots are playing against, he's with the Rangers, <laughs> I'm playing against the Devils. And we're there. And, a, and those games used to be, you know, Devils, Rangers, here we go. And me and Mott, I mean, and, you know, I think people don't understand how great a hockey player Mike Motto was. Like, and then when I heard his story, and we'll get into that in a second if we have time, but so me and Mott are across the ice and a scrum happens. And I'm just sitting there like six gloves o'clock. are off. Gloves are off and, you know, whatever. You're sitting there waiting, whatever. And Mott's grabs me and the most best line I ever heard in the NHL, he goes, hey, kid, let's make this look good. And I got it right away. So you think me and Mott's, you know, he could beat me up in a second on and off the ice, but we are hitting each other, but we're like pulling hair. We're we're making it because we're right in front of fans and fans make are just look good. Crazy. Make it look good. Kid. Like, we're doing good, kid. Keep making it look good. Keep making it so the ref comes over, Kerry Frazier comes over, is like, you two knock it off. And me and Mots look at the ref, we're like, we're just joking. He's like, okay, never mind. But, <laughs> but for us to give back to the fans that actually thought we were, and I'll never forget that line. I used it so many times after when you grabbed a friend, like, hey, let's make it look good. And yeah, if make- you got it, you got it. And when some some guys, sorry, where you grabbed them, like, let's make it look good. They're like, what's that mean? It's like, well, yeah, I can you whatever. now. But yeah, me and Mox went at it at the garden. But yeah. I mean, oh, right behind awesome. the net. Yeah, yeah, behind we, the we, net. We gotta pull some footage. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 there might be like a VHS out there somewhere. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. It's only a fight tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ky, what's been going on? You've been catching up on the playoffs. What's happening? Yeah, nothing much. Just been um, hanging here in Florida. Got back after a long year, and nice to be home playing some golf, catching up. Uh, some family time and just chilling to talk about the little dot league you guys got started yeah so um we had it was kind of one day we would just like we went to dinner and we were walking home and we had you know i don't know if it was a day in between or two or maybe it was there was the night before we were like oh let's just go grab a beer in this little bar like a tiny little bar like I'm trying to think of how small like tiny and probably like eight bar stools and that's it. And then the bar and it had actually, it had all like police symbols, all like the badges from all around and stuff like that. So we sit down and I was oh, like, Oh, I think I was at the Irish type place. Yeah. Brownies. Brownies. Well, yeah. 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 Yep. So we, I said, uh, we were just sitting there having a, having a beer. And I said, this place would be the best place in the world. If it had a, a dart board, none of us were playing darts at all. None of us. And all of a sudden the bartender just goes like this and hands us darts and he points down the hall and like, the way we talked was like it was like a, a smoke cloud moved and we just see a dartboard and we end up we end up going there pretty much every night for the rest of the year and then we put in a dartboard in hazy's basement um and we ended up just having a league and whoever wanted to play us would it, it was mostly me uh kevin cannot me and kevin cannot were a team and kevin hayes and joel therapy were a team but then whoever was around if guys were in Philly out to dinner, um, they would swing by, they'd come by with their wives, play a game, get smoked, um, <laughs> lose. I, like, I remember when I think it was Travis. We play cricket. Yeah, we play cricket. Yeah. But yeah. Travis came by, they were, so four guys were going to a concert. It was like Jason Aldean or some country. Uh, they were going to a concert. They swing by to play in the league for a couple games. Sandheim lost like, I don't know, 2,500 bucks in probably 45 minutes. And he was like, 
last time I ever come here. <laughs> so it was just like, and like if we played visitor, visiting teams, teams would come over. Like if we went out to dinner with a couple guys on the other team, they'd come back, would play them in darts. So it was pretty fun. And it, it got um, me, me, Joel, Kevin, and Kevin. It was uh, it, it, it was a season long series at. Me and Connaughton kind of mopped them up in the beginning of the year. We were probably up like, I don't know, 10 grand on them. And then we ended up being down probably another like eight grand. So it was, there was a lot of swings. We play on the, we'd bring our darts on the road. We had like these. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have cases and then you'd, you'd attach it to your belt. Like it was. Like, <laughs> I can go and grab them way real quick. Hold on. Yeah, go. Let me see these hey, things. We gotta see the 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 show. It's like bringing your own pool pool cue to your yeah, exactly. Uh, bring your own ball and ball. Yeah, right. Oh, that's unbelievable. Well, I love the visiting guys coming in and oh, here you go. All right, so so is there a, a attachment to the the belt? No, mine's not. Mine's not here. No, so you got these. Hey, you gotta lift it up a little bit. There you go. Yeah. Oh, dot, bitch! What's it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. So, uh, how, is your game like tight? It's legit. Well, I haven't played. I haven't played in a couple a uh, couple weeks. Actually, I threw the other day. We were at, we were at lunch. I was with the fam. I threw yeah. like like uh, that's like a is that the saying? Yeah, yeah. I got some reps in. Um, but uh, yeah, we You're went at lunch with the family. Yeah, we were at lunch and Mila was like, "Oh, uh, there's a Dad, dart." Did you bring your dots? Yeah, of course I bring them everywhere. So, but like we get like certain weight, you can get certain weights. Like we we end up like getting fitted for them. It was it was. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's like golf clubs. You get fitted. Exactly. exactly. Hey, so are you, you a righty or a lefty? Hey, just visualize this. All right, let's just rewind a little bit. If Mott showed up as the visiting team. You and Kevin are living together. Mots is playing. Still be Mots is playing. You guys have a game. You're like, hey, let's grab a quick bite to eat. Quick bite to eat. Hey, Mots, come back. We'll play a quick round of like dots. How? Like, what's the over under a time he leaves that house that night? He'd he'd probably end up. We'd have to take him to morning skate the next day. Oh, hey, still the, in the, hey, the weird suit. part is because you'd be losing because I'm dece in darts. Yeah, yeah, you're dece for like an oh, Avon for, kid for, for Avon yeah. Randolph, uh, yeah. the Linwood shuffleboard, all, all the bar games. Don't don't count me out. I was gonna I, say, dude, he's a grinder. Yeah, but it's different. Like we got to yeah. a point where we were, we were pretty you're, solid. You were clicking it. Yeah, we were. Uh, well, when you it, come back, we're gonna have to set up a night out at the uh, the flight club in uh, in yeah, down the seaport. The place is yeah. sick. I went yeah, a couple times. On, board, dude, I don't know the difference between a good board and a bad board. It seemed pretty good to me. I'm gonna, I'm putting one in my uh, in my game room. I'm gonna put a nice one. But um, all right, they, we'll come down. We'll come to Florida. That's fine. 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 Yeah, um, I guess. What we saying? Yeah, we would, we brought them on the road. We'd go play and like go to like a random bar after dinner and just like play. We had a board we would bring on the road for the room. <laughs> <laughs> this is I love it. Tripod, um, like the tripod 
like that you'd set up like a a movie screen like or something like it was like, like it was the, it was the tripod like that but then it came up and just had a board on it and we would play that's unbelievable we set so, we, I a tv in hazy's basement he didn't have like a tv down there so we set one up had like a guy come in surround sound everything and we would just put on dark games like old dark games and listen to it and they'd be like 180 it's <laughs> fun that's that's yeah. awesome so uh, I thought the uh, Biddy Early's was like a similar bar to what you were saying about Brownies, and then they redid it. But um, I would come out of the bullpen for the Dot League, and you know. Oh, you, you played know, on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about this before. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to play you, KY. I mean, I'm guessing cannot and carried you. So we'll, uh, we'll see how your game is yeah, individual. He was really good. He did carry me. <laughs> Mots, who was your teammate in that? Jeff Farkas. Is Farkas a player? So you would yeah. dump me for him? No, no. What I'm saying is, like, he called me in out of the bullpen. He was in the Dot League. He lived right above there. And I'd come over from Southie when he, his partner couldn't show up. So wow. Yeah. So th- there's, this, there's this big league in, um, in, in Philly that we the – guy, like, the guys that we met at the uh, Dart store uh, – they always would tell us to come and play, but like we just couldn't. We, we couldn't show up there, so That's we just started. Our own league. <laughs> I love That's it. awesome. This best of episode was also brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Summer is officially underway, so head to FranklinSports.com and stock up on all your outdoor hockey equipment.